Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Vanessa Peters. Thanks for being on the show, Vanessa. Thanks for having me, Whitney. Yeah, honored to have you on the show. Vanessa is the founder of VMD Investing and has been investing in real estate for 10 years in single family homes, commercial retail, apartment communities, self-storage, and manufactured home parks. She has invested in over 2,500 units across seven properties and three funds. She's passionate about helping busy professionals build wealth through passive income-producing real estate that provides attractive returns and a proven roadmap to financial freedom. She earned her medical degree at the University of Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and has a thriving full-time practice in Escondido, California, and is chief physician officer for her medical group. Vanessa, thanks again for being on the show. I'm honored to have you as a guest. Uh, Give the listeners a little more about who you are and just what your focus is in, in real estate right now. Great. Thanks, Whitney. I'm honored to be a guest here. I became involved in real estate accidentally in 2007. That was in early 2007. I unfortunately was going through a divorce at that time. And I decided at the time, it seemed like a good idea that I would give my ex-husband my 401k and I would get the house. So this was in Southern California as well. And our house was worth quite a bit as everybody's was. There was a lot of appreciation in the market at the time. I was fairly highly leveraged as well. Unfortunately, by the time we made that switch, it was in October of 2007 and the market had already started to slide. It was a little too late for me to do anything about it. And then within six months, the house was completely underwater and I had to move out, you know, for other reasons, but I rented the home out, but it was worth about 250 and I had 420 on the mortgage. So I became an accidental landlord. I obviously couldn't sell it at that point and had to basically feed it. I thought it would turn around and unfortunately just got worse and worse. But in 2012, after having to pay $1,000 a month into this because the rent wouldn't cover the mortgage, I did have to let it go on a short sale. So that was humiliating and hard on my credit. But that was my sort of first foray into being a landlord. Fortunately, though, during that time, a realtor friend of mine had suggested that I buy a property. And so in Riverside County, just north of San Diego, I did buy a single family home in 2008. And so that was great. I wish I had done 10 of them, but hindsight is 2020. I didn't know what was going on with the market because it actually kept going down. I purchased fairly early in the downturn. Also started having kids and got really busy. Wasn't really thinking about real estate. I did want to spend lots of time with my family and not work as hard. I was thinking about when I would retire, I was talking to my financial advisor. And I think when I was probably 35 or 36, I asked him, you know, hey, when can I retire and how much do I need? And, you know, I make pretty good money and I'm saving. And he said, the number he told me just kind of blew me away. He said, well, you'll need four or five million dollars to retire. And looking at what I had already saved and where I was at, especially having to start over at 33, I was pretty disappointed. I realized I could max out all my tax deferred vehicles. I could save as much as I could. And doing the numbers, I was like, I'm not sure how this is going to work. But I still did it. I was very frugal, even maybe a little bit too frugal, if you ask my family. And seven years later, I looked at the balance of my bank accounts and I thought, this is never going to work. I'm now in my 40s and I don't see how I'll be reaching those numbers in the next 15 years. 
I felt like I was on a hamster wheel, you know, paying lots in taxes. Even though I wasn't spending much, the saving wasn't working. It was almost like I was just saving linearly. The compound interest, the magic of compound interest wasn't working for me. But last year, uh, about a year ago, I was out with my family on vacation and it was this beautiful, idyllic setting. And I just realized how much fun I was having with them. And it made me come to a little bit of an epiphany that I was working way too hard and I needed to spend more time with my family while my son was young. And while my husband had told me I worked too much, I kind of was like, well, everybody works this much. This is normal. This is just how it is. You know, I'm not working 80 hour weeks, but I realized that I need to do something. And I realized that I'm trading my time for money. And that just isn't the way to do it. There has to be a better way. And it was almost like I remembered, oh yeah, real estate. I started looking into it again and dove deep into real estate, joined bigger pockets. That's where I started and learned, went to some meetups, went down the rabbit hole basically of RE investing. I chose the red pill, you know, like from the matrix. Once you open your eyes to what's out there and the ability to make wealth in other ways, you just can't go back. So I knew that there was a way that I could turn things around and start driving the bus instead of being on the hamster wheel. So that's what led me to syndication. I did look at buying other single family homes. Obviously in California, that's not going to work. I looked at buying out of state homes. I realized that I didn't want the risk of owning a single family home out of state I don't have time to be managing it and flying out there or, or whatever and understanding that a single family home or a small multifamily, just the risk of losing money when there weren't tenants was too high. So when I was on bigger pockets, I was seeing this word syndication and I was like, what is that? So I did some research, started doing some reading, contacted a few people that I met and it was kind of like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. This is the perfect investment for me. And I started investing as much as I could in it. After doing this for about six months, I was invited to join a team of people who were raising capital. And I felt like that was a way I could be involved in real estate, which I love, but I don't have the time to dedicate to find deals and things like that. But what I can do is I can vet operators and deals and invest my own money as well as teach my colleagues, other professionals, another way that they can also break the time money equation and start building up their passive income. So that's my niche of helping other accredited investors connect to the experienced operators. It's awesome. You know, I feel like your story resonates with probably a lot of listeners and I know it does with me as well. And I feel like, you know, like we're like almost brainwashed the way we're, you know, the way you're raised and you think, okay, we get this career and, you know, and you get a good job and you're just retirement's kind of set, right? You know, it's going to happen one day. But then thankfully you talked to somebody and he kind of helped open your eyes to wait a minute. You know, unless you make some big changes, it's not going to happen the way you think it's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. But thankfully you took action, right? I mean, you did something, your eyes were open to this reality and you made some things happen. You know, just you talking about your own vacation, you realize you want to spend more time with family and just how valuable that is. And just the fact that, wait a minute, you know, maybe everyone doesn't work this many hours. You know, I work with as well It's just balancing that. And, you know, having a time block time with family because I get too consumed with trying to get everything done. But realize you were trading the time for money. So what made you just settle on the syndication business and really pursuing that as opposed to, you know, many other types of investing that you could have done? Right. In terms of that choice within real estate, I really found that I love the idea of leveraging other people's efforts. I don't want to be an expert in flipping a home or underwriting a home. And the idea of renovating something and having a list of all the capital improvements that need to be done just really overwhelms me. I don't know how to work Excel. It's just not my niche. I just, I don't know how to do that. I could learn, but I'm a big fan of the highest and best use of your time. So what am I good at? And I'll stick with that. 
I love real estate, but I understand my limitations. And trained as a doctor, I should be focused on doing what I do best, which is I educate patients a lot. So I'm that naturally transitions to educating other people about this. So, I mean, I'm leveraging other people's efforts. The tax benefits are really the same. You get all the benefits of cost segregation, depreciation. So you're doing a lot of the benefits of real estate without having to do all the work. You don't have control and some people don't like that. But in my experience, a lot of the professionals don't want a lot of control. You're trading some control for less risk because when you're a limited partner in a syndication, you're not putting yourself out there. You're not at risk for your assets and things like that. So I feel like it's a path to financial freedom. The definition of which I would say is knowing that you can live without working. You may continue to work, but you might work less, but it's almost that you enjoy your work more because you don't have to be there. You said so many things there that's so good. You know, the highest and best use of your time, understanding your limitations, and even talking about, you know, like you use the skills that you already had and, you know, and like and transitioned that into this real estate business. So that's the part of the business you can focus on, the educating and helping other people that are in your shoes, you know, that you obviously are going to relate to very well. These busy professionals, you know, and you talk about them not having a lot of control, you know, they're focused on their day jobs, right? They're, you know, you're focused, obviously, if you're a doctor, I mean, you got to be on top of your game, right? And you're managing so many people in that practice will, you know, or other busy professionals that you're educating about real estate, well, they don't have time to go try to pick a market and try to learn about multifamily real estate, you know, all the details of underwriting and trying to make sure that they can operate the syndication business over here. But the amazing thing is that you can educate them and they can invest and own real estate and enjoy those benefits, just like you were talking about. How you specifically got started in raising capital and, you know, some of those conversations, you know, how did you get over that fear of talking to investors, you know, everybody getting started in this business, they're, you know, they're worried about those first conversations with investors. And, you know, how did you get over that? Yeah, good question. I got involved because I have a passion for real estate. I even enjoy talking to all my patients about where they live. I don't know. I've always enjoyed real estate. When I was a kid on vacation, I would always be checking out the local office, uh, window shopping, the, the real estate listings in that particular city. So I was happy to get involved in a way that would allow me to talk to other people. It's true, though, that in terms of speaking with other investors and educating them, it's hard because in medicine, we don't sell anything but we do. So we don't sell anything monetarily, but we're selling things all day long. We are selling a treatment plan. You know, we're selling a lifestyle change. We're selling people on getting a preventive thing done, like a colonoscopy. I sell colonoscopies all day long because nobody wants to do them. And I have to convince people to do those things that they don't want to do and tell them why and that it's good for them. So it's a transition to try and almost sell people on an investment because in truth, there's a benefit for me. And that was hard for me to get over. I did not want to feel like I was selling people something. But the change that I found was helpful is that I realized that I'm not selling people something. I'm helping them come to the opportunity to have something that will help them. And whether they do or don't join me, at least I can tell them about the options. Because if I hadn't found out about it, then I would be in a completely different place right now. I like that. You're providing an opportunity, right? You're not asking for money. Everybody says, oh, I don't want to ask for money. But it's a mindset change, right? I mean, you have this opportunity and where can they go and invest in something as stable, you know, as multifamily real estate? But yeah, so I guess keep going through that process is how did that happen? How did you grow in that uh, the capital raising side and, you know, from then to where you are now? 
Well, I started by speaking with people that were close to me, like most people do, you know, my friends, family, started working on a website and a blog and getting coaching. Basically, you have to have a mentor. So this space is smaller than you'd think. And going to a couple of conferences and seeing the same people and talking to people who are in your shoes is the best thing. And that's what I've enjoyed the most, actually, about becoming involved in syndication is meeting all these great people. I've realized that I was living in a little bubble of my world and my bubble was my family, my friends and my work, but there's so much more out there. And the people in the multifamily space and other, you know, like commercial spaces have been so welcoming and friendly and it really wasn't what I expected at all. And that's been one of the greatest benefits is knowing that this isn't really a solo venture. It's a team sport and you need to have friends in the business. It's a relationship business. And I'm, you know, everybody's heard that before, but you have to be working with people that you trust and that are, have good experience and have good track record. There's so many mentors in the space, right? There's so many people that offer coaching. And so how did you choose your mentor? You know, and, and I, cause I get that question a lot, you know, where people will call and they'll ask if I know this person or know of these numerous mentors. You know, out of all these people that are in the space that offer coaching, how did you choose yours? What was important or the key factor? Right. Well, I wasn't really looking for a mentor or a coach. What happened was I was investing passively with him. And then he suggested that I speak with someone else who was on a team because he knew that I did love real estate. After our initial meeting, I had explained to him how I was trying to invest in single families and condos. So since I had already invested with him, I had done my due diligence on him, including a full-on criminal background check and checking for SEC violations and things like that. So I knew that I could trust him. And after speaking to another doctor on the team, I realized that this would be a good fit for me. And being that I didn't have a lot of time, it was a much more relaxed coaching plan than others I've heard of where it's pretty intense and you're expected to perform at a certain level. I didn't want that pressure. So if it fit for me, yeah. So you already knew him. You already had a relationship there of some kind. So you like so <laughs> you did a background check. That's awesome. Which, you know, if you're going to invest with somebody passively, you should do. But, you know, you already had some inside information kind of before you decided to use him as a mentor as well. But so talk about how you educate investors now. Obviously, you have a niche, you know, these the doctors and other people that you work with every day. You know, how do you educate them and what does that look like? Well, it usually starts out as a conversation with, they might ask what I've been up to. And then I'll mention that I'm doing some real estate investing. And if they're interested in learning more, I can explain the process of what I went through to get to where I'm at in terms of syndication. And then they are usually like, what is that? That sounds kind of risky. And then I do a lot of explaining of the benefits of multifamily and how it did well in the last downturn. Most people want to know, is their money safe? Obviously. And I've noticed it's curious that if you mention the returns early in the conversation, it almost makes them more suspicious. If they're not familiar with the benefits of real estate, if you say something like 8% preferred return and an IRR that's over 15%, then they think that maybe there's something sketchy going on. So you have to be careful how you approach the subject with all of the benefits, the tax, the paper losses and the lack of active involvement and that kind of thing. If they're interested, then you know we can look at a closed deal at the next time that I talk to them. That's such a crucial thing you just talked about there. You know, I haven't had many people talk about how you know, if you mention those returns too fast, how it can make them more suspicious. You know, I appreciate that. But going over some of the benefits and but you talking about how, you know, you just briefly put it out there and then if they're interested, they're going to bring it back up. 
right? Right. You know, so what happens then? You know, I guess what are some common or maybe not so common questions or things that you help educate them about? And how, you know, how much detail do you have to go in, you know, before these people will invest with you? Yeah, everybody's different. Some people will just get kind of a brief overview and they're like, this is great. I'm in. Other people do require you to sit down. And I've created a blog post with, I think it has 27 FAQs. So I prefer that they read that before we sit down. (laughs) That saves a lot of time because just the very basic questions of, well, what is an operator and what is a limited partner? What's the general partner? What are my risks? What are the tax benefits? Uh, There's so many questions. And so for someone who's new to real estate investing in this way, you need to go through everything. And so it can be quite a time-consuming process, but I enjoy it. And since I'm fairly new to the space, I enjoy that one-on-one time with the investors and hope that they enjoy that. And then we'll you know, recommend their friends. And once you have one step of credibility that, hey, my friend did this, and then you're more likely to get more investors that way. I like the blog post idea as well, you know, like sending that to this potential investor before you all really have the big discussion about, you know, you're just answering their questions, helping educate them before you get into that conversation. Vanessa, what's really been the hardest part for the, you know, the syndication process for you so far? Well, as a passive investor, it's been phenomenal. I'm putting my money on every deal so far, and I expect that to continue, especially as I get more and more passive returns. I can sleep at night. That's the biggest thing. I feel that I've chosen good operators and I'm comfortable with my choices. In terms of the business side of things, what I found the most difficult is really getting on social media. I was a little bit of a social media hermit. I didn't have a LinkedIn profile or I did, but it wasn't active. I thought you only went on LinkedIn if you were looking for a job and I have a job. So I didn't think I needed to be there in that space. I feel a bit like a bit of a dinosaur learning um, LinkedIn and Facebook. I don't even have the other stuff, Twitter and Instagram and things like that. So that has been a little bit of a time suck for me to learn those things. And I'm not good about posting. I don't have access to them at work, so I can't even do it when I'm there, which is probably a good thing. That's why they don't have you on Facebook at work. You should be focusing on your work. So that's been tricky. I feel like the menial tasks of operating a website and emails and social media are something that are difficult for me. And I'm hoping to get a virtual assistant in the near future to help me with those things so that I can, again, highest and best use of my own time. So what's a way that you've recently improved your business that we could all apply to ours? Well, it's still in the ramping up phase. I find that posting regularly for uh, blog posts, that that has been very helpful. It's good to get your voice out there. And instead of just posting on your own website, get posted on someone else's website that has more readership than you. For example, I was able to write a post that was put on a prominent medical website and you know got you know hundreds of uh, shares. And so that's a really good way to improve your visibility because your little website probably isn't getting a whole lot of traffic when you first get started. Great advice right there. Get your blog on other people's websites. It's kind of like being interviewed on other people's podcasts, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Great advice. And what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I think a couple things, partnering with experienced people, so operators, coaches, really important, and getting out of your comfort zone. So a quote I really like is, a comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. So for me, my comfort zone is that I'm I'm a bit of an introvert. So I'm great one-on-one with patients all day, but in a crowd at networking events, things like that, it's not in my comfort zone to be you know, going up proactively to people. 
But in doing so, I have really opened up a new world. And, you know, again, getting out there in public and putting myself on social media has also been uncomfortable, but I feel like it's really a good step. And I feel like it's making me more successful. Vanessa, how do you give back? I have been working with a charity locally here in Escondido called Interfaith Community Services for many years. They focus primarily on helping homelessness in our community. So that involves a range of services. I have been donating for years, and I'm actually interviewing to be a board member at Interfaith here in the next few weeks. So that's exciting. I'm really hoping to be able to help them uh, reduce homelessness in San Diego County. I'm also hoping to have a setup whereby per investment, there'll be something tangible provided back to Interfaith, whether that's a door for someone for so many months or a year or something like that. Wow. Thank you for doing that. And, you know, tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and possibly read your blog or, uh, you know, see your website or, or get in touch with you in some way. Absolutely. My website is vmdinvesting.com and my email is Vanessa at vmdinvesting.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Great. Vanessa, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you being on the show. Appreciate the value you've provided to the listeners. And I also appreciate the listeners being with us today and every day. I hope you will go to LifeBridge Capital and connect with me and also go to our Facebook group, The Real Estate Syndication Show, so we can all learn from experts like Vanessa and grow our business together. I hope you're sharing the show and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.